This is Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. Welcome back to Life Beats on Pulse 95. Now, a wedding is always the bride and groom's big day, the day that marks the beginning of their lives together, celebrated with family and friends. And from the dresses to the reception to the venue, the food and the entertainment, lots of couples are spending hundreds of thousands of dirhams to tie the knot in the most unforgettable way possible. But what happens when something as detrimental as coronavirus hits? Across the UAE, weddings and large gatherings are being cancelled, which is leaving brides in tears and couples out of pocket. At Jawahar Reception and Convention Centre, one of the most in-demand function centres here in the UAE, has had to cancel all bookings and events uh, of events and weddings. And uh, live on the line, we are now joined by the CEO of JRCC, Hanan Al Mahmoud, to take us through how the situation is unfolding. Sabah al khair, Hanan. Sabah al noor. Hi, Sally. So great to have you. Um, th- and always good to have you on the show. But unfortunately, I wish it was under better circumstances. Hanan, uh, talk to us about the situation that we're seeing unfolding right now and how it's impacting brides and grooms. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity for Sally. I mean, you're always uh, giving us a chance to tackle whatever issues are important. And right now, this is completely one of the top priority topics to discuss. And um, as you've mentioned, there was a circular by the Executive Council that actually thankfully canceled and postponed all weddings starting from the 14th of March to the end of March, renewable upon assessing the situation. Um, GRCC was actually one of the entities that called and supported such a decision because unfortunately while companies and uh, corporate entities have started postponing and canceling their weddings ahead of time uh, their events ahead of time weddings and social gatherings were not um, getting it yet perhaps due to the as you said financial strains and the commitments that they've made to their families so we've had more than 50 weddings on the books for the remainder of March and the first two weeks of April and no matter how much we tried to um, educate the clients and the guests of these weddings and put as many notice boards out there to try to eliminate um, gatherings or keep safe social distancing or follow any kind of precautionary practices. Unfortunately, there were a lot of them that are still taking it extremely lightly. So the decision coming up on this time was just what we needed. Um, obviously, like you said, we took a direct hit. I mean, uh, Al-Jawahar Reception and Convention Center is a government entity. However, we're completely independent, i.e. we rely heavily on our revenues to cover our expenses and salaries. But this, when it comes to the price and the value of life at stake. There is nothing to compare and we'd rather be safe than sorry. We'd rather be a contributor to not facilitating these kind of gatherings. So yeah, once the once the um, uh, the memo was out from the executive council, we've immediately informed all of our clients. They were devastated, especially the ones that had their weddings immediately the following day or just a couple of days. Um, obviously, we took complete and full responsibility of refunding every every single dirham that these clients have paid, even though there were already some 
purchase commitments and fresh food in the chillers that would not be able to survive beyond a couple of days. And there were commitments with third-party suppliers. But we tried to do our part. This was We considered it part of our CSR, CSR responsibility. However, I'm not sure how much would these clients be able to refund from their other suppliers and vendors. I'm sure that there were, um, as you've mentioned, hundreds and thousands of dirhams spent with event companies, florists, booking of photographers, makeup artists, and I don't know how much could they salvage, but we were really urging them to try to understand what is at stake here. It may seem like it's an extra exaggerated precautionary measure, but we will only get to know in a couple of weeks once a possible incubation period of anyone that would have been in that wedding would be over. And this is the thing, uh, Hanan, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, it's not that bad. It's it's not that bad. And, and everyone's just overreacting. Uh, but I just, I applaud you for, for taking this move and saying, no, we're not going to take chances. We are absolutely going to cancel weddings and events, um, even though this is going to be uh, something that, that hits uh, you guys and, and everybody else. It's, it's very difficult. It's very emotional for people, isn't it? Indeed. I mean, about taking the stand, actually, once the memo was out from the executive council, there was an absolute no way to wiggle around it. However, we did have a choice of providing outside catering services to a lot of these clients that wanted to move their weddings once they've heard about this memo to their own spacious backyard or an alternate venue. That we had a say in. That we could have found um, a loophole in the system and provided the outside catering for, uh, let's say, 200 to 250 people or whatever could fit in their backyard. This is where we took a stand. This is where we told them, although the memo does not specify that, and although we've recognized that you found a loophole in it, we refrain from doing that because even though it is going to guarantee us business, it is facilitating gatherings. And even if the number is slightly less than what you would have accommodated in the venue of Al-Jawaha Reception Convention Center, however, it is still... Um, uh, a risk and Mm. we refrain from providing that and therefore we have actually stopped providing all services from the center sent 90% of our staff either on leave or uh, remote working trying as much as possible you know to to play the to do the right thing in this challenging time so now what are the options for brides and grooms uh, in terms of what they can do some people are thinking about postponing Do we even know when this will all be over? How do you go about knowing when to postpone to, Hanan? Well, I mean, to be honest, Sally, it all depends on the situation itself of the couple. I mean, there were some of them that had, that had their engagement um, party or their milcha, as we call it, very close to the wedding. And some of them have been waiting for a longer time. So some of them have already been legally married as husband and, and wife for more than three, four, five, or some, sometimes six months. And this was just a celebration to launch them to the married life. However, there were others that had a shorter period. And I believe those who have been waiting for a longer period might even consider not having a celebration altogether and perhaps just substituting it with a gathering later on because there is no way to forecast what's going to happen. I mean, the way that the scientific reports out there are predicting what could happen, you can flatten the curve. You can try to minimize it if the country and the citizens were cooperating in a way that would allow it to slow down down, but unless there was a vaccine or an, an, a medication that is going to stop it, I'm afraid we're looking at a couple of more months 
until at least the summer temperature helps ease it down a bit. So the fact that some brides and grooms were asked us to actually hold the credit that was paid for their wedding until further notice, we provided the service, but there is no guarantees from our side. And if they decide to postpone, then we're lucky to host their big day. However, we completely offer the refund option, and we've, we've been seeing a lot of them who have decided to just you know, move in together and just start their married life since they're legally married. There, are, there aren't many options. You can't even travel now. You can't even have a honeymoon unless it was, you know, local. Exactly. And yeah. Place. So, I, I feel them. My heart goes out to yeah. them. But again, it's it's already, you know, Hanan. This is the funny thing. Uh, weddings are just such an emotional time, especially for brides already uh, and their families. And and uh, this would just add to it. So, w- what is your advice uh, to them and to ha- how to manage this best? I mean, I think I think it's just looking at things positively, trying to find a silver lining no matter what. I mean, I'm, I cannot, I'm trying to put myself in a place of a bride who literally was waiting for this day and her entire family were just waiting to celebrate her on this special occasion and then this happens. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to think, I mean, there there could be a way where, where a bride could help herself think that she's, make, she's doing her family and her loved ones a favor, trying to focus on the positive role that this wedding postponement or cancellation actually um, contributed to there is um, she's going to avoid the stress of the big day I mean we all know it's a wonderful and a beautiful occasion but we've seen a lot of people go under tremendous stress trying to please everyone and make sure that all of their guests are entertained and making sure that everything is just perfect so perhaps focusing on these things and if it's really if there's really nothing you can do about it then there is no use crying over spilled milk is there I mean exactly dwelling over it and try to salvage what you can try to get the third party vendors and suppliers to try in whatever way possible if not return your money because obviously they have business commitments and expenses as well maybe they can convert it into a credit that you can use at a later time of the year um, I mean, if it's a photographer, you can perhaps ask for a family photo session. If it's a, a florist, um, maybe, and the flowers were not purchased, but the money won't be returned, maybe it can be for a future occasion, a baby reception, perhaps. I mean, I'm not sure how much could they save, but at the end of the day, just the, the whole thing is out of their hand. It's out of everybody's hand. What we can do it right really now is, is be responsible and just, you know, adopt. But something uh, we've been highlighting, highlighting as well here, Hanan, is the fact that um, there are going to be a lot of people who would be affected by this that we don't even realize. People are kind of focusing on, um, they're saying, oh, you know, we have to watch out for the elderly and, and so on and so forth. But there are lots of us who have underlying conditions exactly. that could really be, la uh, God forbid, fatal. Um, you yourself, Hanan, you are an incredible, dynamic young woman. You have a heart condition. Exactly. And thank you so much, Sally. And likewise, I mean, you were talking so bravely yesterday about your respiratory condition as well. And I have a a number of close friends who have a very serious degree of asthma. Mm. So, I mean, I can't imagine what kind of a virus could do to, you could assume that people that are in their 20s and 30s and 40s are safe. But you can't really judge by just looking at a person and looking at their age. Like you said, there are people that have immunity conditions. There are people that have respiratory conditions. And taking it so lightly is just showing us that we're not 
educating ourselves. I, I do understand there is a panic out there. I do understand that there is a surge of information that could be completely silly on social media. But one has to be wise. You need to know what to read. You need to check your resources. Yes. Avoid any kind of, you know, chat rooms or WhatsApp groups that are just going to aggravate your anxiety in an un, unjustified way. However, you do need to keep yourself educated about the topic. Keep yourself um, ahead of news. Follow up what's happening out there in the world in a very reasonable way and take the precautionary measures needed. Nobody said go and hoard items at home and just avoid contact with your own, you know, children or husband or whatever it is, but be reasonable, be responsible, be mature, try to stay home as much as possible. Social encounters extremely need to be monitored. I hate to see, I mean, sometimes I just log on to Snapchat and I just click on the map on the hot places that shows the activity and it just, you know, it sickens me to see that there are some people out there that are literally throwing their life away, acting in an extremely careless and irresponsible way, um, gathering in extremely tight and confined places, you know, partying away or celebrating or doing something in a manner that that really hurts to see that there are some people that are in, in this level of denial that could be jeopardizing so many loved ones around them, let alone members of the community. So I really hope that people are enlightened and that perhaps your your personal even podcast and your stories on social media would inspire them and help them understand with a little bit of more empathy. And you, I hope everybody listens to what you're saying there. Hanan Al-Mahmoud, CEO of Al-Jawahar Reception and Convention Center. Thank you so much. And I hope everybody again, gets Sally. through this uh, safe and sound. Likewise. Thank you again, Sally. Thank have you a wonderful so day. much. All right. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.